Ken Forrester, Executive Director at Momenta. Welcome to our Digital Thread Podcast, produced by, for, and about digital industry leaders. In this series of conversations, we capture insights from the best and brightest minds in digital industry. They're executives, entrepreneurs, advisors, and other thought leaders. What they have in common is like our team at Momenta, they are deep industry operators. We hope you find these podcasts informative. And as always, we welcome your comments and suggestions. Good day and welcome to episode 179 of our Momenta Digital Thread podcast series. Today, I'm pleased to host Steen Graham, CEO and co-founder, Scalers.ai, a new startup providing full-stack technology solutions at scale. Prior to Scalers AI, Steen led key IoT and Edge initiatives at Intel, including as general manager of IoT and Edge AI, as general manager of IoT ecosystems and channels. Over the past decade, he's drove adoption of IoT, Edge, and AI solutions across industries and built developer tools, ecosystem solutions, and industry-specific products to accelerate the adoption of technology and deliver business outcomes to enterprises. These efforts contributed to tens of thousands of enterprise deployments and design wins with over a billion in revenue growth for Intel and adoption by hundreds of thousands of developers. Steen, it's a great pleasure to welcome you to our Digital Thread podcast. Well, Ken, thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be on and I must admit that I was a little bit disappointed in myself in not having found all this fantastic content that you have produced earlier and I've been tempting myself over the past few weeks uh, not to binge all that content because I've got too much work to do to start binging all of your episodes. But I think this is truly a treasure trove of great content and leaders across the industry. Thank you for the kind comments. And I don't think that anybody has complimented quite as well as saying we're binge worthy. So thank you for that. (laughs) Right up there with Netflix's new episodes of their television series. So. But it's also good to cap this off at, you know, 179 with you. I've been equally impressed and surprised that our paths have not run across earlier. And of course, via a friend of a friend recently on the venture side, we learned not only about the great work you've done, but certainly the great work you guys are doing at Scalers AI. It was a must-have conversation to have. So with that, you'll know if you've listened to a couple episodes, you know, we're digital thread and very much talk about an individual's digital thread. In other words, the one or more thematic threads that define their digital industry journey. What would you consider to be your digital thread? Yeah, Ken, thanks for asking, because the real transformative moment for me was the advent of this term, Internet of Things. And contextually, where I was in my career and life was about 10 years ago, I was running the embedded sales group at Intel Corporation. And at the time, if you wanted a premier position, you would be in the, the client computing group, or the server franchise. And this embedded sales group was just a portfolio of acquisitions like cable modem business, ethernet capability, small cell, networking capability, and this really interesting embedded business which was selling computer chips into cars, digital signs, medical imaging equipment, human machine interfaces, industrial applications. And once the term IoT was introduced and At the time, the Intel leader in this newly formed group introduced the concept of 50 billion connected devices. My world irrevocably changed because I had 
a really great business growing in double digits in Asia. But now the hundreds of thousands of processors we sold into this vast range of fragmented markets was no longer material to this 50 billion connected devices. And the expectations rose for me in my organization to really embed computing in the fabric of everything we do, you know, transforming industries and enriching lives. And for the last decade, truly, I've been working an extra 25, 30 hours a week trying to understand how we take these incredible digital processing technologies and, and build an ecosystem to really drive line of business transformation and learn about all of these operational technology industries, which has been incredibly fascinating and rewarding. But I'd be remiss to say there's been a lot of pain and suffering and trial and error over the last decade in doing so. It clearly has, and it's interesting that you know, one's, let's say, morass of trial and error is another's opportunity landscape, right? Think of the Wild West of the old. It's interesting, I saw you use the term or heard you use the term ecosystem earlier. And if I always define kind of a wordle chart for an individual, as I look at their bio and the background, ecosystem plays very strong in yours. And so I know you had a really long run at Intel overseeing a lot of the IoT key efforts there. And a lot of them had ecosystem in the title. What is an ecosystem to you and why was this valuable to Intel's efforts? Yeah, well, I really learned ecosystem again in Taiwan. And I think there's really no greater ecosystem. You know, first in Taiwan, the contributions Taiwan has made to modern manufacturing, but furthermore, computing in general and watching that community build. It's, it's really, you know, the, the value of that ecosystem is really, you know, greater than the sum of its parts. And it makes an incredible flywheel effect. And that's how I kind of envision ecosystems. And perhaps more pointedly, when I first arrived in Asia and had a big customer event of, of all our partners, and I was a little nervous. It seemed like everybody was competitors and putting them all in the same room, was it going to be okay? And one of the leaders in the industry of embedded computing at the time pulled me aside and said, Steve, don't worry about it. You, you know, your role here is to make the pie bigger for everyone. And I've really taken that to heart. And I think really good ecosystems simply make the pie bigger for everyone. It's not only an interesting perspective, but the fact that you anchor it in uh, Taiwan, as many of our listeners will know, Advantech is one of the limited partners behind our venture capital fund. And I must say, I have learned a lot about the Taiwanese culture, but also certainly their impact on both embedded computing and now AIoT, as we like to call it. So Steen and I have shared many a story about our uh, interactions in Taiwan. So it's a good reference, if you will, to have. Going back to the Wordle chart again, if there was another word in there that I see that make up Steen Graham, it would be edge. And so I'd also wonder, what did Intel consider to be the edge at the time you were there? And why was this important? Well, Ken, I must interject a little bit earlier to the point you made because you brought up Advantech, and I'd like to take the opportunity to just kind of highlight my learnings from Advantech as well, because it's coincidentally, Casey actually founded Advantech the same year I was born. And very early in my career, when I was in Taiwan, I was presented with the opportunity of seeing Casey, his peers, and the entire Advantech team keynote and produce some incredible thought leadership and build an incredible ecosystem at Advantech. And so just 
attribution to growing up on that culture that Advantech built on, on bringing together incredible technologies and ecosystems as well. And probably there's really no greater contribution than Advantech's made to this term edge as well. And so, so you kind of talked a little bit about this concept around edge and what Intel considers the edge. And this is to be quite direct, and this brings back a lot of painful memories of hours of whiteboarding and dialoguing. And you can imagine a Fortune 50 company that's so interested in getting the definition right. And I was intimately involved in the creation of the definition of the edge. And we just simply said it's placing the compute closer to the point of data creation or service delivery. That being said, I think more important to me has always been why edge computing, how it complements the cloud or existing modalities of computing, and ultimately how edge computing can deliver industry transformation in the end. So I noted at the time you left Intel, which wasn't that long ago, you were collectively leading about $2 billion in business across about 1,000 partners in the IoT and Edge AI ecosystem and channels. The obvious question is, what compelled you to make the jump into the startups as you did last July? Yeah, I, I must say, I mean, Intel was so foundational to my career, and it's really hard to outline a number of companies that have done more for humanity than Intel. And notably with Pat Gelsinger Singer returning, who early in my career, very early 20s, I had the opportunities to be in rooms with Pat and see what a brilliant, ambitious mind he was. I was thrilled for the prospects of Intel and the future of Intel. You know, that being said, we're all kind of, we all look back on our lives and think about the what ifs. And for me, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. And that was a passion point for me. I just had a son kind of at that time frame, And I kind of wondered what he would think of his father if he was a risk taker, if he took a chance and did what he's passionate with. And then finally, I think I had a few aha moments on these technologies over the past decade. And so what over the past decade would have taken tens of millions of dollars to do and bring value in the market was taking tens of thousands of dollars if we've done it right. And I really got the bug as it pertains to building great edge to cloud full stack software that solves industry specific problems. And the realization I could do it at a hundred X more affordable envelope over time. And certainly in the startup world, you're able to do it with much more agility than a large Fortune 50 company, which has so many great advantages, but the agility and the ability to hit that 100x cost profile just wasn't there. So the combination of all of those fronts really culminated in me resigning from Intel and this incredible company, this incredible opportunity, and then founding Scalers AI. And that's a great lead-in into Scalers AI. So you co-founded the company with also, I think, pretty well-known former Inteller, uh, Cheetan Gadgel last July, I believe. So tell us a bit, what's your elevator ride speech? Yeah, thank you. And I appreciate the shout out to Chet and Gadgel. He's truly an innovator in the industry. And he has a lot of the shared experiences I have over the past decade, both at Intel, where he and I founded initiatives like Market Ready Solutions and RFP Ready Dev Kits, but also in his prior roles at GE, Predix, and Cisco. But as you allude to, what we're doing at Scalers AI and that, that elevator uh, ride dialogue is really fast-tracking IT innovation into operational technology business outcomes 
by complementing new products that are introduced by that IT industry with the complementary technology and industry knowledge required to deploy in the physical world. And that's going to both fast track product market fit in OT and enable solutions providers, system integrators, and ISVs to fast track their technology readiness and deploy the latest, best technologies so they can get paid for deploying technologies and servicing technologies faster and sooner with the latest, greatest tech. My business partner who heads up our ventures investments in the U.S., so Michael Dolbeck, came across you through a common, I think, connection. He had probably GE Predix and back into uh, Shaden. But Mike paraphrased this as product market fit as a service. You think it's a fair analogy? Yeah. I mean, this is the journey that I've seen happen so many times. I mean, I've worked on so many projects, too many to name, whether they're IoT or edge platforms or developer kits or all of these new products that are being introduced, whether it's a message bus, it's orchestration, it's the next greatest computer chip. There's so many new products that are being built to drive line of business transformation. And in the journey at which those products research what particular industry use cases, build the right solution architecture, and ultimately complement their products with all the code around them, all the third-party ingredients from the ecosystem to achieve product market fit. I've watched really good product managers, really good alliance and business development people take two or three years to do that. And ultimately, where I got really excited is when at Intel, leading the ecosystem, we were able to take cloud companies and IT companies and give them product market fit in applications like inline AI defect detection for marquee name brand car companies in months, extremely affordably. And so these are the concepts that Chetan and I tested, and it was just too inspiring to solve that problem that was only increasing. I saw just more and more innovative new technologies being introduced to solve line of business problems, and more and more people running through that painful, multi-year, very expensive journey that I really wanted to help them out with and fast track it. And so Chet and I feel like we're really well positioned to help companies solve that problem and fast track their product market fit. Well, maybe to put a point on this, I know that you're still somewhat in stealth if I hit your LinkedIn profiles. At the same time, I know as of last week, you were at the ISC West in Las Vegas participating in the Intel booth. What was it that you were promoting in the booth last week? Yeah, it's a great observation, Ken. And not only were we in the Intel booth, but I was doing a webinar with Arrow and Intel and Microsoft the week prior. And I'm really just passionate about making other companies' technologies shine. And last week at the Intel booth, what we were showcasing was some first-in-the-world technologies. And we're the first company in the world outside of Intel to implement some technology that allows you to run Linux and Windows simultaneously and get access to the hardware acceleration through Intel's integrated graphics technology. And why that's so important is Chet and I and the Scalers team have some great experience with this particular technology. And if you took the same class system as we were running just last week in Las Vegas, the type of AI we were doing a year ago was just basic anomaly detection time series data. But with access to the integrated graphics through the hypervisor, which is very unique, you're able to run multiple video feeds 
and multiple algorithms. And what we did in that particular use case is we took these great technologies from Microsoft called eFlow Edge for Linux on Windows, and the, the great investment that Intel made in that para-virtualization graphics driver, and we built a full smart parking application around it as well. And one of the coolest things that we did in that particular use case is, is we added a Windows-based video management system. And, and one of the things that I think is really interesting is VMS software is written in Windows. And so right now you're in this challenging environment where everybody wants to, cloud is written in Linux, everybody's developing Linux, AI is written in Linux, and everybody wants to add these new modern AI applications on top of Windows. But there's no great way to do it. And thanks to the technologies Intel and Microsoft provided, now there's a fantastic way of doing it. And Shetton and I just built the, the full stack solution around that. And we were delighted to do that in a few weeks and get it up and running to showcase some incredible partners in that video public safety ecosystem last week in Vegas. Excellent. And I'm sure, given how long you guys have been around, and it does seem like you have a fairly large team behind the two of you at this point. Again, I guess another stealth element of how you guys operate. But let's yeah. talk a little bit about some other early use cases and wins. Yeah. Thanks, Ken, for setting me straight, because we have a great team behind Shetton and I, and they, they were huge contributors in the results there. And there's no way you can, as you alluded to, there's, there's no way you could generate the wins that we have without great team behind you. And specifically from a use case perspective, one of our goals at the onset of the company was just to have a portfolio of use cases that we feel reflect a number of the largest opportunities in edge computing in the OT space. And so our first project that we completed was actually an inline AI defect detection solution because, Ken, you probably saw maybe you're similar to me where we thought maybe the predictive maintenance was going to be the first mover. It turns out replacing visual auditory inspection techniques, in some cases with automotive cars, expensive ultrasound techniques to look at a defects such as well quality defects. It was a great use case for inline AI because you can save so much on scrap and rework. So our first solution that we built was actually inline AI defect detection for a marquee global Fortune 50 company. So we were really excited to jumpstart in that space. And since then, one of the other areas that I was really excited about, and this is something we showcased in a webinar with Arrow, Intel, and Microsoft, is we also built a smart port solution. And Certainly one of the challenges we've seen in the world lately is a shipment of containers from China to the port of Los Angeles or Long Beach, where roughly 40% of imports in the United States come through, traditionally would cost $1,500 to $2,000 is now costing $20,000. So huge problem that we're facing right now as far as the supply chain bottlenecks. And, and we built a great solution with some great underlying technologies from Intel and Microsoft that solves that the challenges around bottlenecks within ports, notably how fast the trucks can get loaded and unloaded in a safe way as these ports become more congested as we get more greenfield crane operators and truck drivers in that space as well. So from defect detection to smart ports, I just talked about our showcase at ISC West last week, where, where the application we're running was a, a smart parking use case. We're also building medical imaging solutions as well, which is a great edge AI use case as well. And then retail inventory management solutions, getting the right product, the right place, the right time. It's $1.6 trillion problem. And then brand management, 
within retail, like planogram compliance as well. And so we've had some early wins with customers that have allowed us to build out an, a nice portfolio of use cases as well. And we're, we're certainly thrilled about that. Just again, to put a point on this, who would you consider to be your key clients and partners and how would they engage you? How would they find out more about you? It's a great question. And, and so it's really on two fronts. With product companies, we want to work with the leading digital product companies to fast track their product market fit in these incredible industry-specific outcomes. So on one side, a client for us is a product company that has a great new, let's say, edge orchestration software, time series database, or a great new computer chip that they want to show off and just fast track their ability to show it off in these incredible new use cases. So on one side, that's a goal for us. On the other side, for solution providers, SIs and ISVs, we want to fast track their ability to deploy the latest technologies, win RFPs, win new business, and ultimately both sides of the ISO equation are the right partners for Scalar's AI. And just like we talked about with building ecosystems and my early experiences in my career in Taiwan, my expectation for us as a company is to make the pie bigger for everyone. And so both making the pie bigger for product companies and making the pie bigger for solution providers as well that, that are often frustrated by all of this new tech and whether it's ready for market and what components need to be stitched up to really make a full stack solution. And we can help with that. And ultimately, that will lead to more sales for the product companies. So they'll be thrilled as well. Excellent. And how do they find out more about you? Just hit the website, I imagine? Yeah, hit the website. We're very easy and responsive and we're um, looking forward to anybody that's interested in reaching out. All right. Or you can hit uh, Steen or Sheeton's LinkedIn profile, but don't be surprised if you see Stealth still listed on there. (laughs) Ken, yeah, you got it. It's great. It's the number one thing we advise people to do when they're changing jobs is regardless of what you're going to do next, if you've got some time off, just put Stealth Startup because everybody's intrigued, right? And it's meaningful and meaningless at the same time, but yet it's intriguing, right? So whether you're really going to do a startup or not, it's good advice that I'm sure somebody gave you. But hey, let me ask you to put your prognosticator hat on. I noticed, uh, you know, getting edge and we were talking about ecosystems and you mentioned OT earlier. You've been effectively at the forefront of the industrial edge computing for quite a while. And this is an area that obviously Moment is quite interested in, in terms of both investments and some of the other work that we do. What do you think the next several years hold for us in this industrial edge computing area? Well, I think we're at this incredible point where it's becoming much more common and mature to deploy deep learning at the edge. And all of these challenges that we were facing earlier with the advent of deep learning, and to be quite direct, I think most of us have seen deep learning pervasive in cloud applications today where you've got a huge amount of deep learning doing memory-based reasoning to serve ads or natural language processing. But obviously, computer vision exceeded the capability of the human eye several years ago. But the tools at which to annotate that data, relatively small data sets, deploy those algos in a full-stack solution, create a training loop, are now much more mature. So Where I think things are really interesting is the maturity of the ecosystem around deep learning at the edge. There's no clear platform winner in that space necessarily, but the technology is available to implement it. And I think that's really where I'm extremely passionate around it. And I think having been in this space for the past decade and and just 
connecting the physical world to the internet was certainly transformational. And and the the data set you got from that was certainly interesting. But deep learning provides us this incredible opportunity to make decisions on this data in near real time at the edge. And I think that was certainly what's missing earlier at the advent of line of business and operational technology transformation. Because as you and I both know, the half-life at the data is so much shorter at the edge than it is in the cloud. And just being able to make discerning quick decisions with great deep learning technology now and be able to do things like retrain for these practical problems like getting the camera angle set up correctly, that technology is certainly fast maturing. And that's something I'm certainly thrilled about over the next few years. Yeah. Actually, as we're recording this, the Tiny ML Foundation is having their annual meeting in the Bay Area. And Mike Dolbeck, I mentioned earlier, is actually there. But as many of you will know, we featured one of their founders, Evgeny, on a podcast recently. And we're also an investor behind Edge Impulse, which is one of the leading, if you will, ML ops or DevOps platforms for TinyML. So, yeah, we agree fully that this is a really interesting space and especially for processor constrained, computing constrained, storage constrained and bandwidth constrained devices that are out there, which describe a lot of IoT use cases. So. We're pretty excited about that. Finally, I always like to ask a closing question. That is just where do you find your personal inspiration beyond Casey Liu, who, by the way, I should plug that Casey, the chairman of Advantech, participated in uh, podcast number 127. So if you want to hear it directly from his mouth, you can listen to that podcast. Yeah, and Casey does a fabulous job. He is truly inspirational. And I did peek ahead and see that podcast, Ken, and it's now on my to-do list. And so you probably are not surprised that I do find a lot of inspiration through podcasts. And I think it's such a great platform. Certainly, you're contributing with a number of industry thought leaders, as well as yourself, talking about these critical issues that we're facing and the opportunity to deploy this fantastic technology. So I certainly listen to a lot of podcasts. One, I think that's been a fun one and a little lighter one over the course of the pandemic has been the All In podcast. And David Sachs and Shamath Palipatia and Jason Calacanis and David Freeberg just do a fantastic job of talking about modern events and what's going on in the markets as well and in the tech environment. And it's an easy listening podcast Unless Freeberg's talking about some deep science topic, which is fascinating, and I have to rewind it a bit. So certainly like that. From a book perspective, I think one that still stands out, certainly at the formation of a company, is Principles by Ray Dalio. And I think certainly not a recent book, but I really think that when you form a company, it's an incredible opportunity to reset and not fall into complacency on how you make decisions. And Ray really inspired me by his view of presenting everybody in a data-driven way and making really inclusive decisions and seeking out everybody's feedback in an organization to make decisions. And I think where our world sits right now, it's so easy for existing entities to grow and grow and grow in such a way that you want to tell somebody that's in a leadership position what they want to hear. And I feel like Ray's principles books did a great job on that, not to mention just the ideas around videotaping decision-making meetings so that the whole organization not only understands how the decision was made, because now they can execute it better, but building that next generation of leaders that they get access to that as well. So I've got to highlight Ray Dalio's book as well. And then really the true personal inspiration for me is my son. I've got a little two and a half year old running around and every day he inspires me in the 
mental aptitude of those young kids as they're a sponge for new information is just fantastic. So I'm trying to keep up with him every day as well. (laughs) That's a tough one to have a child at that age to do the startups because it's a very formative time. And so in some sense, given our remote working lifestyle now, you both have more time and probably more quality time than you would have if you'd check the kind of the corporate gig out. But I could see equally compelling. Should I go and focus on another, as you say, 20 to 30 hours per week, or should I spend the time with my son? So (laughs) hopefully you're able to do both, right? Both of your passions there. Well, Steen, thank you for spending this time and sharing these insights with us today. Well, Ken, really thrilled that you had me on and even more thrilled, frankly, that I discovered the platform and the great content that you and the team have produced. So excited about what you do next here. Well, thank you so much. And really excited to have you featured on this episode. So effectively capping off all of the others that we've done. So welcome to the Digital Thread Club at this point. So this has been Steen Graham, CEO and co-founder of Scalers.ai, a new startup providing full stack technology solutions at scale, or to attribute to Mike Dolbeck, it's a product market fit as a service. So thank you for listening, and please join us next week for the next episode of our Digital Thread podcast series. Thank you, and have a great day. You've been listening to the Momenta Digital Thread podcast series. We hope you've enjoyed the discussion, and as always, we welcome your comments and suggestions. Please check our website at momenta.one for archived versions of podcasts, as well as resources to help with your digital industry journey. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.